Well, I want to take a few minutes and look at some scriptures today. And I honestly have enjoyed the study of this week's Torah portion, but it covers so much territory and so many different topics that I, f- I didn't feel helter-skelter. I felt uh, like absorbed in this direction and then that direction and so forth. And Sandy asked me this afternoon, so how's, how's your message? Is it clear? And I said, no, way too many different directions. But so pray for me that we can narrow it down to, to one thing. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Well, I tell you what I want to start with is a phrase that we say every weekend. It's Shabbat Shalom. Can you say that with me? Shabbat Shalom. And it means two things. The first word means Shabbat, and the second word means Shalom. It's simple, isn't it? (laughs) So Shabbat is the name given to the seventh day of creation that started at sundown, thus Friday at sundown, and goes through the night to Saturday at sundown. This is Shabbat, the seventh day of the week. And shalom is a word that has uh, fantastic depth and breadth of meaning in Hebrew. At, At its simplest, it can mean hello. It's like aloha. It can mean hello and goodbye, which is why I think Hawaiians are related to the Jews because we don't know whether we're coming or going, and so we use the same word for both. But shalom actually means more than that. It does mean peace, which is not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of positive qualities. But it also means more than that. It means wholeness, uh, fullness, and completion. And so when we're saying Shabbat Shalom, we're saying that Shabbat has a blessing for you, which is Shalom, the Shalom that belongs to Shabbat. And it's Shalom that sets you free, but it does more than that. Free for what? Free to be complete, free to be whole. So if you've ever felt incomplete or you've wondered, like, how am I going to get all that I need or all that I think God has for me, Shabbat can be really useful for you. So when you're saying Shabbat Shalom, don't think of it as just a uh, ritualistic jargon of some sort, but think of the content and what it really means. When you're expressing Shabbat Shalom to someone, think of it as a blessing to them that the Shabbat Shalom that God has for them would actually be conveyed deep into their hearts and into their minds. So I I want to start there, and then I want to move to a passage that is not in our uh, readings this week, but I think is really useful for organizing our thoughts. It's uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, starting in verse 11. And the Lord says something. This is what, what he says. I know the thoughts that I have and that I think toward you. The thoughts I have 
and the thoughts I think about you. The, says the Lord. Thoughts of shalom. Not of ra'ah. Not of evil. To give you two things. A future and a hope. So the Lord says, I know what I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you all the time about the future that I have in mind for you and the hope that I have in mind for you. And you might say, well, if you are thinking those thoughts, why do I have problems today? Well, in order to get from here to there, you will have to go through life's troubles. And the idea, one of the ancient ideas of of righteousness was not so much a religious ritual or uh, a religious way of behaving, but rather it was a spiritual challenge that could only be solved by putting one's trust in God and doing what he says and moving through the difficulty into the plans that God had for each person. So to be made righteous meant that you had gone through that challenge. Now, a lot of people prefer other definitions because many people prefer trouble-free life. How many of you can affirm that? And yet, when we signed up with Messiah, it wasn't even in the fine print. It was in the, in the headlines. In this world, you will have troubles. Thank goodness that's not the only thing he said. In this world, you'll have troubles. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So God, in a sense, has pathways for us to go through that, that include troubling times and decisions and difficulties, and he knows that, and he will bring us not only through them, but into what he has in mind. The good news is, he uses even those difficulties. In fact, they are necessary. They are necessary to get to the destination you actually want to get to. In the same way that uh, every strength building activity requires effort, challenge, resistance, and more difficulty than what you previously did before in order to build your strength. In the same way, life requires more and more of us in order to get to the places that God has in mind for us. So the question then is, what does God have in mind for us? And that's what Jeremiah is saying. At a time when Israel was facing exile, loss, and uncertainty, and the Lord saying, I know. I know what I'm thinking about you. And remember, what the Lord thinks becomes. I know what I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about your shalom. 
I'm thinking about your well-being. I'm thinking about your maturation. I'm thinking about your prosperity. I'm thinking about your peace. That's how I'm thinking about you. And I know what my thoughts are. They are to give you a future and a hope. Now this is so important to latch on to the hope that God has for you and the future he has in mind for you. Because that will be the best future even more than you ask or imagine. A few weeks ago, I think it was last week and the week before, we sang a song in Spanish. Uh, fill me. How do you say fill me in Spanish? Exactly. Si. Si. Es verdad. Right. Okay. So we were singing, fill me, fill me in Spanish. And we were saying the Lord is the source, you know, of all the fullness of life that we need. Yeah, I always get confused about uh, double L's in Spanish because I learned them as wise. See? Yeah. But sometimes they're J's. And... Uh, Yeah, I know that because I called a friend recently and I said, I got some really good coffee I want to give you. It's uh, Yave Cafe. And he said, what? And he didn't understand anything I was saying. He said, spell it for me. I said, L-L-A-V-E-C-A-F-E. He said, oh, Jave Cafe. I said, yeah, Javi Cafe. I, I honestly can't remember the rules because I don't know the rules. And so forgive me for that part. But as we were singing that, I, I remembered an experience I had almost 35 years ago when I was praying with a, a, a group of English speakers and Spanish-speaking pastors, but the Spanish-speaking pastors didn't speak English. But we were worshiping together, and when they were worshiping, they were going, ah, si, senor, si, senor. And I was thinking, yes, sir. You know, that was my first response. But it was really, yes, Lord. See? Correctamente? So I was remembering this. They were saying, yes, Lord. And when I realized they were saying, yes, Lord, it touched my heart. And so for at least a couple of years after that, when I was praying, I'd go, ah, si, senor, si, senor. It, just because I enjoyed it. I don't know why, but I did. But I forgot the context in which that happened. And only a few days ago did it come to mind, and then I forgot it again. But while we were worshiping tonight, I felt the Holy Spirit was saying, do you remember what happened at that time? And I thought, oh, I do. And it was a difficult time for me. So here is the story. I didn't know where to aim my life at that point. I was pastoring 
on one hand, and I, was, and I had a business on the other hand, and another job serving my father um, because my mother had taken ill and I had to take up some of her responsibilities. So between all of that, I had like three jobs that were, I mean, just to get, just to cope, I had to start work, you know, before six every morning and then get the first job done so that I could go to my business so that then I could have time in the afternoon and evening to uh, minister to people. It was a tough time. And I couldn't keep doing it in that way for long. There's an old Jewish saying that you can't dance at two weddings with one tuchus. (laughs) And I was trying to dance at three weddings and it wasn't sustainable. And I remember crying out to God and saying, God, I need to know what you want from me. Do you want me to be in business? Do you want me to be in ministry? What do you want? And I was talking to my mentor about this uh, for months. And then there was a time when I was invited to go up to Chicago in the middle of winter, not a great time to go, in order to meet with uh, some, some pastors together. And these guys had sort of a prophetic bent. And so I had this idea, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to hear from the Lord about my future. That was my goal. That was my purpose. That was, uh, that was the reason I went up there. And so I, I flew up there. And I spent, I don't know, three or four days with these guys praying, ah, si, senor, and such things, and, uh, and other stuff. And then I finally had a meeting with some of the, the, the most senior guys, and I laid out my situation. And I said, I really need to know what God has in mind for me. And I expected that they would, you know, like, oh, we've got it. And they would speak to me the word of the Lord. Okay, so Sandy's praying for me. Sandy knows I need to hear from the Lord, and she, uh, she's waiting for my return. Now, at that particular meeting, I get a word from these guys. Here's the word. You need to hear from the Lord. My first thought was, that's why I'm here. My second thought was, that's the best you got? My third thought could be expressed with, you know, like the ampersand, exclamation point, pound sign, those keys. And I really wanted more specificity. That's why I was there. And it was only, uh, you know, it was like 50-50 chance. I just need to know which direction to go in. I can't go in both. Well, that's what they had for me. I remember when it was all over and I was packing my bag, packing my luggage to get back on the plane and come home. And I was just, I had this terrible feeling in the pit of my stomach. 
what am I going to say to Sandy when I get home? Okay, so I'm on the plane flying back, and I've got a window seat, not at the emergency exit. But I'm, I've got my head against the window, and I'm uh, almost in this catatonic state, if you were observing me. You know. I lost emotion and expression, and I'm staring out the window, and my brain is just looping on a thought. What am I going to tell Sandy? What am I going to tell her? And then there was a moment, and it changed everything. This is what happened. In my agony to God, I need to hear from you. He caused me to understand I could hear from him. I was thinking I needed to hear from somebody else who was going to tell me. I was thinking there was a circumstance or a situation or somebody needed to uh, understand my future, but the Lord spoke into my heart and into my mind that I could hear from him, that I was able to. And it turned out that I'd gone all the way to Chicago because I didn't think I could hear from him. And the word I got equipped me to come back to hear from the Lord. But I still had to explain it. And I remember telling Sandy, and she went through the same process I went through. That's what they had? That's all they got? You went all the way? They could have told you that on the phone. There are a lot of things, you know, that take away from uh, the sense of the hope and the future that God had for us when we had deficiency, insufficiency in the word from the Lord. But now I had this word from the Lord, you, you need a word from me and you can get it. So I immediately thought that I would get it pretty quick. It actually took years of seeking the Lord. Years of being faithful to do all of what he laid on my plate, to do the very best I could. Years of difficulty, years of trial, years of persevering and not giving up. And then I can tell you, and I'm, I'm leaving out some important things, but there was a night when the Lord spoke to me and said, tomorrow I will tell you. And I told Sandy, Sandy, tomorrow morning I'm going to hear from the Lord. And she's remembering the Chicago trip, as am I you know, from years before. And I knew that I knew that I knew I was going to hear something from the Lord. I woke up in the morning, 5 a.m. I sat down at my desk to seek the Lord. I couldn't even open my mouth and pray out loud. Just the weight of it was too much. And I remember writing my prayer to the Lord. And it was so simple. It's like, dear Lord, here I am, and I can't even open my mouth. And I'm writing to you, just expressing with my pen on paper. 
And as I started writing to him and just like emptying my heart to him, I began to cry. And I'm, if you know me, I'm not the crying type. So when I cry, it's memorable. It's not that I don't cry. It's that I don't normally cry over difficult things or certain movies can make me cry a little bit, <laughs> but not much, just a little. Um, Tearjerker movies. But at this point, tears came off of my cheeks and landed on the paper, and I was writing with a blue fountain pen, and the, the tears hit the paper, and the ink ran. And I got to a point where I couldn't even write anymore, and then I heard from the Lord. And he told me to go serve David Young who was my mentor in Rochester, New York. And so that's all he told me. And I shared it with Sandy, and then I shared it with David, and David thought, "Uh uh-oh. But we decided to act on it. And that meant we had to sell our house, we had to sell our business, we had to move, we had to do all sorts of things. We had to make ends meet, we had to start over in a new place. There were so many things that were required because of that. But we did it for a reason. It was the word of the Lord. And it had to do with the hope and the future that he had in mind for us, that we did not have in mind for ourselves. And I am so glad for that process now. Because having gone through it, I would say there's nothing like it. And when we were tested in the difficulties that we faced as we were fulfilling the word and moving forward. When we were tested, we never blamed anybody or said, you know, it's his fault. You know that time at the Red Sea where the children of Israel said to Moses, didn't we tell you leave us alone? We we never had that kind of situation because we knew it was the Lord, it wasn't someone, It wasn't those guys I went to see who I wanted a word from. And the Lord knew if they gave me the word God gave me, then I would blame them when things got hard. But there was no one to blame because it was from the Lord. And I can tell you I'm so glad for that. My life would not have been the same. It's so good. It's so wonderful. And life has been difficult in many ways, but when I compare it to the joys and the blessings, I think it's, it's incomparable. The difficulties are all worth it, for sure. Now, here's the thing, and, and I won't be able to go into all the scriptures. Maybe tomorrow we can look at the, the passages that uh, are in our Torah reading and Hof Torah reading, but I really want to focus on this because the readings are about freedom and how to live with God's freedom and how to extend that freedom to other people, how to protect the freedom, how to to use even Shabbat for the sake of freedom and for life, and how to hold on to your repentance so that you keep moving forward instead of having superficial repentance that causes you to take one step forward and then 10 steps back. 
So that's all in the scriptures and we won't be able to go through it. What, what I really wanna end with is this, God has hopes and he has aspirations for humanity and when those hopes and aspirations fill up your heart, it changes everything. And when you realize it's not just general humanity, it's for you individually too. And for your family. And for your posterity. For those who will come after you. When you realize that God has hopes and aspirations for you, you can put your challenges and your difficulties in the right place and not feel like just because you're not there yet that God won't give you the things that he hopes for you. Now here's the thing, you gotta separate out his hopes from your hopes and make his hopes your hopes. But you gotta know this, whatever you're waiting for, make sure and verify, is this what God wants you to be waiting for? Because if it is, it will be fulfilled. It can be fulfilled, and it'll be a blessing if it's fulfilled. So don't, don't just get lost in your problems. Your problems are on the way towards the hope in the future that God has for you. Get a hold of what he's hoping for. Get a hold of what he wants for you because then you're saying yes to him. Quit trying to convince him. I've learned the hard way. Quit trying to convince him to do what you want. Say yes to him and then do what he wants. All the words you say, Lord, we will do. All these things we will do. Get a hold of that. Let it touch your heart. Well, what about my disappointments? Yeah, bring those to the Lord. Don't get stuck in them. Bring them. Cry your tears to him. Let him comfort you. And let him show you the hope in the future that he has in mind for you. And if you've lost sight of it, that's where you need to go back to. You need to say, Lord, I know what you want for me. I know. Yeah, but I'm waiting for this. I haven't gotten it yet. Exactly. Are you waiting on the Lord and for the Lord and for what God has for you? Hold on to it. Hold on to the good that he's spoken into your heart, that he's revealed to you as you've been faithful in prayer and faithful in his word and faithful in serving him. If you haven't been faithful in those things and you're trying to get to your future, you're on the wrong path. You gotta pray to God. You gotta trust in God. You gotta let his word abide in you. You've gotta do what he says to do. That's your part. His part is opening up what no man can open for you. That's his part. Well, I wish that all that I said was actually in my notes because it would have been easier <laughs> if I knew when I started where I was going. But I, I want to stop here. It's not what I, there's something else I wanted to say to you, but I'm not. Um, 
Now, actually, I'll, I will. I'll distill it. So short, it's it's. This requires my glasses. It's it's this that when when you learn to rest in God and allow him to refresh you. And when you learn that Shabbat was made for you and you say, you know, I I want my life to include some Shabbat. When you say that and you say, Lord, can you help me organize my life so I can live with your Shabbat and your Shalom, then he will help you. It's not because you're fulfilling a law that makes you righteous. It's because the righteous one can fix things in life when you set your heart on what he has in mind. And so when he, if you're harried and you're overworked and you're exhausted and you're burning out, there's an answer. God has a Shabbat by which you can be rested and refreshed. And somehow... We'll get to that topic maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe in a few weeks. I'm not sure. But I want to just leave that thought with you so that if you're, if you're weary and you're tired and you're saying, is there any hope for me? God's already said, yeah, there's hope for you because I rested on Shabbat. You can rest on Shabbat. Because I worked for six days and rested on the seventh. You can work hard and rest. And your situation may not allow it. You may be in the military or with the police or training for uh, a, a career that requires uh, overwork and exhaustion at this point. But you can get in your heart what God has in his heart for you. And you can say, Lord, when the day is come that I can live with peace and have Shabbat Shalom, let it be. Open it up for me. I wait for you. And then it'll go well with you. Well, since I didn't know this was my whole topic, I didn't know how to end it, so I'm just going to stop. <laughs> and let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for the love that you have for us and the personal care that you know us You know our names. You know our ways. You know our thoughts. You know the words that that are forming even in our mouths before we speak them. You know us. And you call us by our names because you know us and care for us. Thank you for that personal love. And thank you for having tailored, custom tailored, a hope and a future for us. Let those who came without hope be filled with hope as they recognize the good that you have in mind for them. I pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let's close with Aaron's blessing. Would you please rise? And if you're all by yourself, just move. So you're not. So you can be standing with someone, and that way you'll have all the benefits of not being alone.
The Lord bless you. The Lord guard your life. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. Not only his Shabbat Shalom, but his Shalom for all things in your life. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.